Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, folks. Randy, how's it going? It's going all right. Just, uh, you know, it's a Sunday when we record and uh, had the chance to check out State of Flux that we're going to be talking about on this episode. So, you know, not all that bad. A day off from work, watch a Star Trek. Can't really complain. Yeah, let's dive right in to State of Flux, Season 1, Episode 11, Star Trek Voyager. We're almost at the end of this first season. Uh, original air date, April 10th, 1995. Uh, we open up with the Voyager crew on a planet. Uh, actually, not the ship this time. Yeah, and it doesn't look like um, it could be a backlot at a studio or something. <laughs> They're actually on location somewhere, probably in the mountains around Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Carey is very excited because he's found something on this planet. <laughs> uh, he brings it to Chakotay, and he thinks it's some sort of apple. But then Neelix shuts him down, says, that is poisonous. And I'm going to explain Neelix in great such detail. A how you will die if you try eating this fruit. <laughs> I actually thought this part was kind of funny. Neelix is a jerk. He is. He's like a killjoy. He's always in a bad mood. He's always angry about something. But I don't know. It could have been worse, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I On guess. the Neelix scale, he was like a seven. On the Neelix scale. True. So. Uh, Neelix hands Chakotay a root vegetable, uh, that he says, uh, it was the reason they came to this planet. Uh, this root is obviously a piece of ginger, but it's supposed to be some alien <laughs> vegetable. It's a piece, it's a piece of ginger that has some kind of weird gook on it. That's what I wrote down. It, it looks <laughs> like it has, gra it's like ginger with gravy or something. Uh, Chikote takes a bite of it, hates it, and, uh, Neelix is just laughing, because he's like, oh, it's full of vitamins, it's great. Uh, back on Voyager, uh, Paris thinks that they're not alone in space, uh, there's a ship he thinks is out there. Tuvok finds an ionization trail, and, uh, yeah, confirms that there is a ship out there. And he reveals that it's a Kazon Nistrum ship. Uh, the Kazon Nistrum, as we later learn, are a very violent sect of the Kazon. As opposed to the Kazon mm -hmm. Ogla, who we encountered in the pilot. Right. So the way team, uh, you know, Janeway says calls down to the way team and says, oh, we got to get everybody back on board. We want to avoid these Kazon. But uh, Kim notices that Seska is missing. So Harry, uh, he tells Chakotay that Seska was off in the caves and Chakotay goes off to find her. In the cave, there's some Kazon uh, soldiers milling about. And so he does his best solid snake impression and sneaks around the caves and eventually finds Seska and they, uh, they get spotted. They have, there's a shootout with phasers, but, uh, uh Seska and Chicote come out the victors in that battle. Uh, then it's the opening credits 
Uh, when we come back, Chicote is carving some art into a piece of stone. Uh, when Suska enters and she's got some mushroom soup and Suska recounts how this mushroom soup was made. They had to trick Neelix to, and then they raided the supplies, the, the food stores and Chicote gets all upset about this. And, uh, during this, uh, around this time, Neelix calls Chicote and he's all upset about, oh, there's a thief on board and all this stuff. And so, uh, Chicote decides to discipline everyone involved, all the Maquis who were involved, uh, including himself by uh, cutting off their replicator privileges for two days. And, uh, Suska agrees to this punishment, but she's also flirting with Chicote a lot. Uh huh. And this was kind of eye-opening. I mean, you get the sense that there was something between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Seska had been a background character for a lot of the show. Um, and now she's coming up to... I mean, she's been slowly becoming more of a central character. Mm-hmm. And in this one, she's definitely the central character. Um, back on the bridge, Voyager gets a distress call from the Kazon Nistrum ship. Uh, Neelix says, don't try to help them. They're really aggressive and violent and we don't want to deal with them. But, uh, Janeway wants to help them out in case they could become allies. Uh, so an away team consisting of Tuvok, Torres, Chakotay, and Seska Beam aboard the Kazon ship. Uh, it's all dark. And uh, they find some Kazon bodies that have been fused to pieces of the hull and pieces of the ship. Uh-huh. Uh, it's pretty gross. <laughs> There's also high levels of nucleonic radiation uh, behind one of the shield barriers. Suska finds a survivor and they transport him to sick bay. They also discover that the radiation is emanating from a damaged Federation-designed console. So, that's not good. How did the Kazon get Federation technology? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sick Bay, the Doctor discovers that the Kazon survivors' cells have been altered, combined with metal in some way. Uh, so they need to completely... Transfer transfuse blood. They need to get the blood out of him and then get some new blood into him. So uh Kess is helping the doctor find some uh compatible blood donors. Uh, I noted that Kess uh she's not upset at seeing this Kazon despite the treatment that she experienced with the Kazon in the pilot. Yeah, exactly. She was a captive. And then also the Kazon pretty much tried to destroy the Okampa. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if that's a difference between, well, you know, I can't say that um, Kess, I, that her reaction wasn't unusual because, you know, a Kazon, probably to the Okapa, a Kazon's a Kazon. But maybe this more, even though it's a more violent sect of the Kazon, maybe they don't even know about the Okapa. It's possible. And also, I like to think that... uh or not like to think, but I think that Kess is, uh, she's more business oriented at this point since she's the doctor's assistant. So she's mm-hmm. just acting as the doctor's assistant, not letting her personal feelings get involved. 
Right. So she's really taking her job seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was all right. I mean, to be honest, Cass hasn't really had a role in the show since the pilot. I mean, there was a little bit of time where she uh, it was the episode with the the time slip uh, where she could sense something that was happening. And that was kind of the last we've really seen her really be a major part of the show. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so Tubok and Chakotay bring Janeway up to speed about the Federation console that they found on the Kazon ship. Tuvok brings up three possibilities. Uh, one, it is not actually Federation technology, but it just happens to be very similar to it. Uh, two, the Kazon encountered another Federation ship prior to Voyager's arrival in the Delta Quadrant, but Janeway says that there's no evidence of another Federation ship being in that sector. Or three, someone on the ship has given the technology to the Kazon, and uh, Tuvok is leaning towards option three, uh, given how the Kazon ship knew how to hide from Voyager earlier in the episode. Uh, so Janeway tasks Tuvok with searching the logs to see if there's any communication uh, between Vo- someone on Voyager and the Kazon. Uh, Janeway asks Chakotay... Uh, who on the surface could have been in contact with the Kazon. Uh, so Tuvok brings up Seska, uh, since Seska was separate from the party for a while. Uh, but Chicote is quick to defend her. Understandably, since Seska was part of his crew, and like you said, there's obviously something between those two characters. Yeah. Um, in engineering... Torres is talking to her subordinates about how to get the console off the Kazon ship. Uh, Suska brings up an idea, but Torres writes it off as too dangerous. Uh, so they go with Lieutenant Carey's idea instead. Uh, but Lieutenant Carey's idea will take a day to do. Uh, it was interesting that Janeway was basically saying, oh, well, then I want it done later today. And Torres says... No, when I tell you it's going to be tomorrow, it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> Basically, I'm not Scotty. Yeah, it's. I wrote down, I noted that it was uh, in contrast to Scotty, who would always say, I can't do it, but then actually could. Yeah, could do it early. And so they basically came to uh, expect from Scotty that whenever he said it was going to take like two days, it would take two hours or something. Yeah. He's a miracle worker. Exactly. Uh, but no, Taurus is always... I mean, she she's good with her estimates. <laughs> uh, Torres wants Seska to help out on this task, but Chakotay wants uh, Seska to stay aboard Voyager. So Seska is upset about this. She's mm-hmm. like, what, am I a suspect now? And uh, Chakotay basically tells her, yes, people think that you're you're a suspect, so we have to keep you aboard to clear your name. Uh, in sick bay, Seska checks on the Kazon. She wants the doctor to tell her right away when the Kazon wakes up, which is not at all suspicious. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, as Seska is leaving, Cass asks about blood samples. Uh, Seska says she did not provide one because she had a childhood disease and was told that she could never donate blood, uh, which is another convenient uh, story. Mm-hmm. In Janeway's ready room, 
Tuvok, Chakotay, and Janeway. They're talking, and I noted, extremely close to one another. <laughs> I know. In close talking. Yeah, as they discuss uh, possible traitors in their midst. Uh, yeah, they were just, like, right right there, right, right next to each other. Maybe they can't, I don't know, maybe they don't know how to whisper? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was to show that, oh, I mean, anyone could be listening, anyone could be a traitor, but it was funny to me, regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paris tells them another case on ship is approaching. And uh, Kim finds that someone has beamed off a Voyager. And it was Seska. Mm-mm. She beamed aboard the damaged Kazon ship to uh, deal with the uh, console. Uh-huh. Not suspicious at all. It's not suspicious. <laughs> I mean, she has an explanation for this. She wants True. to go through with her plan, which would get be done right away, as well as the Carrie's plan, which would take, you know, another 24 hours or so. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's doing it for, you know, the good of the Voyager. Yeah, I mean, True. that's what Janeway wanted, right? She wanted it done right away. So mm-hmm. she's, she's just following what Janeway asked. Uh, Tuvok suggests that Seska might be trying to destroy the evidence, and Chakotay mm-hmm. defends her again. Mm. So they clearly, you know, the, well, you know, they're going back to that earlier scene, the scene where we first see, you know, her come up behind him and kind of embrace him. You know, he does mention, he says, you know, we, we discussed this a long time ago and it could never work. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly his, um, I don't know if it's exactly his allegiance is being tested, but he wants to think that, um, that she's, uh, innocent and he also i guess doesn't want to think that he was blind to not one uh but two people kind of in its in his myths that weren't trustworthy and and one of those people was uh tuvok who you know deceived him basically mm-hmm. to get to get into the maquis team that he was leading right so seska screams uh they beam her board to sick bay uh chicote runs in and sees that she has burns on her face so mm-hmm. her plan didn't work, uh, or even her supposed plan to get the console out safely didn't work. In Janeway's ready room, Lieutenant Carey is being interrogated by Janeway. Uh, Chakotay and Tuvok are also in the room. They ask him if he's been in contact with the Kazon, because a call was made from Carey's station. Uh, so Janeway... Decided to restrict Carrie to his quarters, despite him saying that everyone knows that Seska was in the caves with the Kazon. So, word is getting around about Seska. Mm-hmm. She's getting a bad reputation. Yeah. I mean, I understand that they have to get their suspects where they can, but they were being really aggressive with Carrie, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. This is a, there's a whole lot of Carrie in this episode, actually. Yeah. Chakotay says that Carrie had motive and opportunity, uh, but Janeway says that Carrie has a clean record, and Sisko does not, and Chakotay points out that he doesn't have a clean record either, because, uh-huh. you know, he was the leader of their Maquis group. The other Kazon ship appears and hails Voyager, the first Maj Kula of the Kazon Nistrum wants to see the survivor. So Janeway allows them to come aboard. Um, they visit sick bay. 
doctor brings him up to speed about the blood transfusion. Uh, Cola wants to take the ship, but Janeway says no, because there's Federation technology on board. Uh, and so until they get rid of that, they can't hand the ship over to Cola. Um, Janeway walks away to speak to the doctor to, you know, uh, come up with a plan to keep the survivor on board Voyager. During this time, the other Kazon Nistrum visitor, he uses, he has a little ring with a needle in it. <laughs> Tuvok evidently notices this and he rushes over, but he's too late. The uh, needle has gone into the Kazon Nistrum survivor and the needle had poison in it and the, he, he died. The Kazon Nistrum survivor is deceased. So Janeway orders uh, Kala and his cohort off the ship. Uh, after they're taken away, the Doctor and Kess speak with Janeway about Seska and tell Janeway that Seska is not Bajoran at all. She's actually Cardassian. Mm-hmm. There's something in her... Um in her genetic makeup, right? That when they were treating her, they discovered that yeah, her. basically genetically a Cardassian. Exactly. And not, and not a Cardassian. <laughs> Keeping up with the Cardassians with yes, Suska. But a Cardassian, right. In Janeway's ready room, Chakotay can't believe that Suska is Cardassian. Uh Tuvok tells him, you know, it's happened before. Cardassians have changed their appearance to infiltrate Bajoran cells and other things. Uh-huh. Um, so Chicote continues to refuse to believe it, and he wants to talk to Seska directly. Uh, Torres and the engineering team beam over to the damaged Kazon ship, which upsets Kulla. But Janeway, Janeway fires back and says she doesn't like bullies, threats, or Kulla. And she's ready to destroy the Kazon if necessary, because yeah. Voyager has more advanced technology. Yeah, she was, like, I really, like, sat up in my seat during this part. I was like, whoa, she's boss. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't going to take it from anyone. I mean, she had very little um, to do in this episode. And actually, when we're talking about it after uh, after we get through what happened, I'll explain I think why that was, um, but that was a pretty good moment. I thought, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Torres is done with her mission. Uh, Carrie's plan went off without a hitch, and it was done very quickly. Uh, in engineering, Torres is examining the console that they retrieved from the Kazon ship. Uh, it's a food replicator, mm-hmm. but it wasn't properly shielded, which caused a cascade reaction, uh, which caused the radiation explosion. Like those those replicators are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, evidently, if you don't have the right equipment, it's... Uh... Right. If there's anything that I, I took away from this episode, it's that those replicators, if not properly shielded, you do not want a cut-rate replicator repair person to come work on your broken <laughs> replicator. Yeah. Like, go with the pros. Because if not, you will get melted right through your kitchen. Yeah, it's... Not you're not gonna have a good time. Uh, Torres confirms that the replicator came from Voyager because it has bioneural fibers, which no other ah, Federation ship has. Wow! So that's I think the first time since the pilot we've heard them mention the fact that Voyager is like this new type of starship that has some sort of biological circuitry. Mm-hmm. 
So hey, I was just you know I've been talking about that like every episode. When are we going to hear something about this whole bio neural networking thing? And whoop bam, there it is. <laughs> I know, in like the most kind of small way possible. <laughs> Uh, Chakotay goes to sickbay to talk to Seska and brings her up to speed. Um, Seska still maintains her innocence and tells him to talk to his animal guide if he's confused. <laughs> which I thought was a nice little line. I know, what a burn. Uh, he says he knows she's a Cardassian, but she mm. says she had Orchid's disease and got bone marrow, uh, got a bone marrow transfusion from a sympathetic Cardassian, which is why her blood comes mm-hmm. up Cardassian. Oh, yeah, and then she also says, uh, well, you know, when we get back, you can check with the donor. I'm like, wait, like, when you get back in 75 years, <laughs> is she still going to be alive? Like, what What does she know that the audience doesn't know? Uh, but, I mean, really, she seems to have an explanation for everything. Yeah. You know. It's like trademark, you know, classic guilty party yeah and speaking of guilt she gives Chakotay <laughs> a guilt trip about, about uh, accusing her of being the traitor uh-huh. and she basically says that she loves him uh-huh so, yeah uh Chakotay leaves sickbay and outside uh he and Tuvok chat and his and we the audience discover that Tuvok has a plan uh and wanted to give the same information to both Carrie and Seska and see who would take the bait. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to engineering. Tuvok and Chakotay are playing gin. Uh, it's good to know that this old card game survives into the far-flung future. And wait, I can't remember. Were they playing it with cards? Yeah. Wow. Like, they weren't <laughs> using, like, if we, if, like, you and I were going to play that now, I mean, we probably, well, we're not in the same place, but, you know, we'd play it online. But, I mean, you'd think in the, their future they'd have, like, the equivalent of an iPhone, and they would just, like, be playing it. <laughs> well, they, I give up. I mean, they do have their pads. But, mm-hmm. you know, in Next Generation, they play poker with cards. True. Or were they holographic cards? <laughs> At least make them holographic cards. Uh... Torres comes in and tells Chakotay and Tuvok that more Kazon warships are on the way. An alarm goes off, and the three find that someone is accessing the database and trying to trying to pin it on someone else. Uh, the security ID that comes up in the database is Seska's, so Torres thinks that Carrie is the culprit. Uh-huh. Since, you know, why would he try to pin it on himself? That wouldn't make sense. So Chakotay visits Seska in sickbay. And he says that he knows that she did it. And, of course, she denies it. Uh, but they trace the source of the breach to sickbay. Right on cue, Janeway, Tuvok, and some security officers enter. It's as if they were listening behind the door and just waiting. <laughs> They're listening through the shielded bulkhead door. Yes. <laughs> uh, Chikode activates the doctor. And the doctor, uh, he comes. he's basically a witness and says... No, it's not Orchid's disease. Uh, a lesser doctor would believe that story, but I have the entire database of the Bajorans, uh, you know, the Bajoran medical files in my database. That was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, it was a good use of how he functions, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chikote wants to know why Seska did it. Uh, Seska comes clean. She's caught. So mm-hmm. she says she did it for Chakotay and the crew and how the Federation and Janeway are weak. They have too much yeah. compassion. And uh, if this were a Cardassian ship, they would have been home by now. 
Uh, she went to form alliances to survive in the Delta Quadrant, so she made a deal with the case on Nistrum uh, to you know, get their protection in exchange for some minor technology. Janeway counters by saying that even minor technology can shift the balance in the quadrant. Uh, and Seska calls Janeway a fool and Chakotay a fool for following her. Uh, mm. She drops the mic. Yeah, I know. And then was... beams out of there. <laughs> yeah, she executes. Yeah, she has the computer execute a beam out on her. And then you find out that she's actually been able to override some kind of security lockout mm-hmm. on the computer. Um, you know, which is no small feat. Um, seems like the kind of thing that a Cardassian uh, spy would have the know-how to do. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, she beamed out to Kola's ship. Janeway wants to hold Kola's ship in tractor beam, but uh, the two Kazon warships that Cor- Taurus had mentioned earlier are on the way. And mm-hmm. Tuvok tells Janeway that they can't fend off three ships, even with their more advanced technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they release the tractor beam and get out of the area. And so Seska gets away. In the mess hall, Chakotay meets up with Tuvok and wants to know if he's naive uh, because he had so many spies in his crew. <laughs> I know. How many more were there? It was Tuvok and now Seska? Uh, Tuvok says that Chakotay's human feelings and instincts let him down, but he's not naive. And even Tuvok was fooled by Seska, which uh, makes Chakotay feel better. Mm-hmm. Because misery loves company. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, it was a really interesting episode. Um, mm-hmm. I like the reveal of a spy. Uh, it was too obvious that it was Seska, I think. Yeah. They could have done more to make you think it was Carrie or something. Mm-hmm. Well, so originally, I was reading some trivia about this episode, and one of the things that I read was that the original uh, working title for this episode was Seska. And it was kind of apparently changed at the last minute because they realized that when, you know, the t- title of the episode was broadcast, that people would probably catch on pretty quickly that, you know, while it wouldn't be called Seska, and be all about Seska if there wasn't something pretty major, you know, about Seska. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed this episode a lot, actually. I think this is my favorite episode so far in the season. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, which is interesting because, again, in some of the stuff I was reading, uh, on Memory Alpha about this episode, apparently, uh, the showrunners, um, and the producers, uh, they weren't actually super fond of this episode. They, like on a five point scale, they all kind of said it was like a two out of five. Huh. Um, and they gave much higher personal ratings to some other episodes that you and I actually didn't really care for. So I'm wondering if, you know, that's just part of 1995 climate of what people were expecting from sci-fi shows. Um, or, you know, or maybe they just didn't care for it, but you know, Part of my thinking with this was, you know, it's definitely the most not most kind of unvoyager voyager episode yet. It was definitely a lot more like it almost made me think of something like Battlestar Galactica. Like it was very it was about there's a traitor in the midst. Uh, it was very serious. I mean, even Neelix's involvement. I mean, he was 
kind of there for laughs at the beginning, but you know, he, there wasn't a lot of comic relief in the episode of uh, the doc. I noted that the doctor wasn't brought in for any kind of comedic effect. Um, and then it was just a, it, it was a very, like, even just hearing you talk about the plot of the episode and kind of recount what happened. Um, it was a very, um, it was a very, as you'd say, comp complex episode. Um, there were, there was just, there were a lot of moving pieces to it. Um, and I think it, it required, you know, it showed, uh, you know, different side of Chakotay. Um, I don't know. I just, I really thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah it was really good. Um, but going back to how obvious it was, it made Chakotay mm-hmm. look really dumb when he kept defending <laughs> Suska. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I chalk that up to, like, maybe it wasn't supposed to be so obvious. Maybe, I don't know. Do you think that maybe we're just too observant? Or was it really in within the world, within, like, the confines of Voyager? Was it, like, really, really obvious that he's just really, really, you know, blind to it? Or were they trying... Maybe they were trying to do something a little deeper, and it just didn't it wasn't executed the right way so maybe we were supposed to think you know it was super obvious but chakotay had feelings for seska so you know he was blinded to the obvious or something yeah, i don't know but this feelings that he had towards seska just came up in this episode like if yeah if they were it, seated in an earlier episode then uh-huh. maybe it would be a little more believable but it was just kind of like oh yeah oh. these two had a relationship and it really, I think that was the thing, is that, like, it really felt un-Voyager-like, and that there were these complex, um, it was, it's almost so far, it's like this, felt, to me at least, a little bit like a different show, um, where, you know, you have these complex histories between characters, and they're not, like, up until now, we've just had these kind of, um, incident of the week, nor usually involving time travel. Uh, and then this time it was something that really played into the histories of these characters. And you're right. It did kind of come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, now that you're mentioning uh, how uh, there's all these different pieces, it does remind me of a Deep Space Nine episode. Mm, really? Where there's uh, a lot of maneuvering, a lot of well, spies. Um, mm-hmm. Towards the end of Deep Space Nine, as I got further into the uh, the the war with the Dominion, um, yeah, there was a lot more of that sort of thing happening in that show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that, that could explain why the creators of the show were not too happy with this episode, because supposedly they weren't happy with the direction Deep Space Nine was taking. Oh, I guess that, could, that makes sense. Um. Oh, so what I was going to say about uh, Janeway and how she seemed like she was barely part of this episode. Mm -hmm. Apparently, she, uh, Kate Mulgrew, uh, was really, really sick when they were filming this episode. And so that's why she's basically not in it at all or very, for a very short period. And that a lot of her dialogue and things that she was meant to do in the episode were given to other characters. Hmm. So apparently she showed up for about three hours for the filming of this, um, and kind of did her, her thing. I mean, uh, kudos to her. Like I couldn't tell she was super sick. Maybe it was just the makeup department's job, (laughs) but, um, it really, you know, this was an episode where it really did stand out that the captain went, 
played a pretty s- small role. Um, I'm actually really glad about that because uh, Janeway was the focus of so many episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice to have someone else. I mean, definitely Chakotay was the major, you know, was a major focus in this episode. Mm-hmm. And also you see Tuvok becoming more of a, a mm-hmm. investigator again. Yeah, I guess uh, characters we didn't see at all, really. Oh, Harry Kim, who was basically not he, in the episode. Yeah, who is a non-factor. Uh, Paris was pretty much a non-factor. I mean, he at least has some lines. I think Kim was maybe in the background he, at some point. I mean, point. he was in the beginning, and uh-huh. he, yeah, he yeah, pretty much just in the beginning. But um, they managed to, I mean, it was good. It, it, I also liked this episode in that it did, you know, kind of manage to involve everyone to some degree, at least, or get them into the episode, the major, the main cast members. Um, there was a whole lot of Carrie, though. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, that, and, that's the thing. There was so much Carrie, they could have done more to make him seem like an like, actual suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think if we start to kind of really look into this episode, we'll find those problems. Um and and you know we there's there's definitely things that it could have done better but i was just i was really happy that it was you know to me it was the strongest episode in the season so far um oh a random another random little tidbit um that i noticed actually right off the bat watching this was that when the doctor was summoned uh he didn't state his usual uh please state the nature of mm-hmm. the medical emergency. And, you know, so I was thinking, well, whoa, that was that kind of a, a oversight by the writers um, when they were writing the episode. You'd almost think that Robert Ricardo would know his character well enough to say, hey, wait, hold on, folks. You know, um, every time my character appears, he gives this greeting. Um, but then, you know, in reading some of the show notes, I discovered that apparently this is going to be addressed in a, a later um, in one of the last few episodes of the season. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, I mean, you could see it as kind of him growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like he's gotten the ability to switch himself off. So Yeah, I mean, and, and then when he did appear, he knew that he was going to be there to be a witness mm-hmm. or to give testimony. I mean, <laughs> so he's he's not necessarily uh, always off. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of creepy to think of the doctor being kind of like, even when he's not visible, he's just kind of listening in <laughs> on what's going on. And then he just appears and says, oh, I, I was listening. I know what I'm here for. I'm here to give my testimony. I mean, there are problems with the episode, but overall, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And like you said, it is the best episode of the season so far. Well, it definitely seems like it is part of something bigger, um, which I think we've both discussed on the, here on the show uh, that the that Voyager hasn't really had so far. Voyager hasn't had sort of a um, a. a permanent kind of big bad it hasn't had you know a a story arc yet of any kind really mm-hmm. that's gonna that seems like it might continue on um you know seska and the kazon definitely now seem like something that will come back uh, and that there'll be repercussions from what's happened yeah i mean she got away so uh-huh. obviously she's gonna come back in some capacity and I'm interested you know i think i liked uh i like the actor you know and i i think it's an interesting character um, and it, it, it makes for some possibilities, you know, who knows how much she's telling the Kazon Nistrum, um, you know, and what kind of conflict that could lead to between them and the Voyager. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really cool. Um, and thankfully, you know, uh, happily very little Neelix. Um, yeah, but the bits that were there were still annoyed me. 
He really is the worst. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, going back to what you said, like uh, Susco was part of engineering, so she has uh-huh. technological knowledge that she could provide to the Kazon. Yeah, she knows how things work. So, yeah, I'm betting we're gonna. It's not the last we've seen old Seska and her friends. Nope, it's over. We're never gonna see her again. Yeah, that. I mean, who knows? I mean, given some of the stuff we've seen on Voyager so far, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but um, yeah. So pretty sure she's coming back. <laughs> uh, next episode: uh, Heroes and Demons. Oh, yeah. I've actually saw the description of this one. I'm very much looking forward to it. It sounds like it might be uh, either really good or really bad, or at least super cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a little bit of the preview uh, when I was watching uh, State of Flux on Netflix. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Heroes and Demons next week. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you then. Bye.